3: I <laughs> do
4: What's up? What's up? What's so, up? It's cyber chill again, and um, I'm so chill that I'm leaning back with my feet up. Am I breaking some radio rule? Because I don't I'm, believe so. Okay. Well, my good friend Ordie, my good friend Ordie is with me tonight, as every Monday. How you doing, Ordy?
5: I'm doing well. You know, I was thinking about it when uh, we did the intro. Just coming in that uh i forgot that anthrax covered got the time and still didn't do it as uh, as as hard as joe jackson did so you know there, there's a little something for you uh long hair fans or, um, or hey, as well <laughs> or
4: as well as joe jackson
5: did yeah. so or as well yeah that's fair <laughs> that's fair but you, you know what we got we, we got michelle b tonight we got our we got we're getting our crypto on tonight. michelle are you
6: still there I am still here. Woo-hoo. All right. I'm trying to figure out how I like turn off all these 10,000 apps I have, make sure we don't get interrupted. <laughs> yeah, I, that's uh, It's usually half, because we, uh, we do fo- FooVar before this, it's usually halfway through
5: Fubar that I remember, oh shit, i got to turn off Discord now. Because this is when uh, people start recapping the day and blowing up in my head. <laughs> so.
4: Yeah, just like that. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> just like. Just like that. Was that the toss back to me? Okay. Yes. So righty, So I actually, this is my favorite thing about doing a podcast. There is a um, ransomware group that we've been talking about for a while because, you know, it's big business. It's a billion dollar industry and we love to talk about it. And one reason that we do talk about it, this is probably maybe for Michelle because she hasn't been hanging out with us that long. One reason we do talk about it so that you understand, like, who the people are or who the groups are or kind of what is behind those ransomware attacks that we hear about, that you have to go through training for at your companies and stuff like that. So that's one reason that we talk about them. this one is has been incredibly interesting um, to cover from show to show because they get, they've been through such a, I wouldn't call it a transition. It's almost like an ebb and flow, right? So they're doing something like really bad and um, causing a bunch of news, creating a bunch of PR for themselves. And then they they try to do something really good and create PR for themselves. And now they've done something really bad again, which is hack the pipeline. But this is a great piece of news. No, that that's a horrible way to say it. This is a really interesting piece of news to come across for Ordie and I because we've been talking about this group for almost a year now.
5: Yeah, we first started to, they first popped up really, you know, where people started figuring out. I mean, there was a rumor we talked about a year ago about some uh, ransomware groups breaking up and then you know, it, the the more elite of them were going to go form this new group called Darkseid. And, you know, Dark Side came into prominence last year where you know, they put out their statements saying, you know, We're ethical in ransomware in that we're not going to go against hospitals or education or NGOs or things like that. We're only going against people who can corporations that can
4: afford it. In other words, we're making money. We're we're making money, so we're going where the money is. Well, right, and then presenting it in an ethical way. This is why their PR machine fascinates me.
5: Yeah, and especially with this one too, because it's like then they went after their heist, after a couple of heists, and they usually get between 200k and 2 mil, depending, and they don't ask for any more than they think the company can afford it. So they go after companies that can afford it. They, you know, they're not crippling businesses, but they're kind of you know, like a smash and grab kind of thing. And uh, so last October they put out this, oh hey, you know, we want to give a little back, and they gave. Ah, uh, just under one whole Bitcoin to two different charities, and is kind of a PR move. But then the charity said, "You guys stole this money. We can't take it." So they kind of rethought their strategy on that, and then they did the thing today, this weekend, with the uh, going after the um, Colonial Pipeline, and then they had to release a statement today saying, "You know, we're going to have to vet our targets a little better because this isn't what we do." We don't cause chaos like this. We don't. We're apolitical. We don't want to be in the news for this.
4: Well, and that. So this, and and what this tells me, right? And and what we've said over and over again is they are for hire, right? Sure. That that's that's what they. That's really their purpose in life. I think it's why they can turn around and give or try to give their ransom their ransoms away to charity because I mean, they're getting paid by someone as we know, Iran is hosting their servers, right? They, they moved their server hosting to Iran, which was another story that we covered. So that was, you know, I mean, just thinking about all these things in, in context is really a lot of fun to think about, you know, this basically uh, organized crime, cyber crime family (laughs) who's hosted, in living in, reportedly living in one of our greatest enemies and hosting their malware or their ransomware in another of our greatest enemies. And who knows who paid them to hack this pipeline or or didn't pay them. Maybe they weren't paid by a third party. Who knows? I don't think it really matters at this point. Um, because we've got gas problems in the Southeast already. Uh, I don't as you know i don't mean we need Vino. We, I mean, we've already we're already seeing price and and availability problems um in the southeast so i mean it's an effective enemy hack if 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 that were what it was it would be an effective one right
5: michelle you want to jump in on this one
6: yeah, sure. So uh, yeah, obviously it would be effective. I mean, testing the, the nation's energy infrastructure is something that um, we should be doing, right? We should actually be, uh, when I say we, I mean the government is probably the one thing they probably should legitimately be spending money on, is paying white hat hackers um, to test the infrastructure regularly, right? Because if, if I'm a terrorist nation, um, I can destroy, uh, really, the, the entire U.S. economy from a laptop if, if I'm smart. And it's interesting reading about this. I was just discussing it um, with one of my, my older children. I read a book. Actually, it wasn't even a book. It was kind of a, an online story um, on a, a prepper blog years and years ago called Lights Out. And uh, it's since been turned into a book. And that's that's really the premise of the book. I mean, an, an Iranian, um, you know, very rich Iranian is pretty pissed off at America for whatever reason. I, I, I don't remember at this point. But he basically launches an EMP and an attack on the grid, uh, the energy grid, all at the same time. Um, so, and okay. yeah. Which destroys, I mean, literally within a week. the the inner cities in this country are in complete chaos. Uh, Logistics um, fall under the purview of um, uh, Department of Homeland Security now. So you can imagine just what it would be like to get food in in parts of rural America within, you know, a reasonable amount of time after something like this happened. Um, It would take them a month just to you know, work up a spreadsheet on where food should go. You know, at which point there would be no food, and so yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is obviously something that would devastate the economy without a, a bullet ever being fired.
4: Yeah, well, and that's I mean, you know, that is that's the concept of um, cyber warfare. I mean, we're still uh, Iran doesn't feel adequately. Um, Avenged for Stuxnet, I don't think. Uh, which is another, sure. which which is another good book to read or, or movie to watch to really understand, um, kind of the kind of planning that's going on behind the scenes. So if this, so let's go with you know the the news media or you know what we know about Dark Side and say it was organized crime. It's a it's a ransomware attack. You know they're just trying to make money because they're apolitical well they couldn't have planned um and and it may attack really any better because of just the exact things that you said so you know it's maybe it was from their point of view but maybe someone else got them to do it and that wasn't their intention at all which i think is it's another problem that we've talked about with this exact behavior right when when well, dark side moved to iran this is the kind of thing that we talked about
5: yeah and we talked about i mean this is one of those things where, i mean this is i mean you know the government's statement today is, well you know it's a private business we'll let them determine if they get to pay the ransom or not you know it's like oh okay so now you're concerned about private business but um, you know one of the things about it is that we talked about this when we talked about dark side moving to iranian hosted servers is that a lot of the um ransom brokerages which is a new cottage industry that's popped up where you know they'll they facilitate the payment you know because not every company has bitcoin or whatever they'll say okay you give us the ransom we convert it to bitcoin and then we'll go ahead and pay your ransom for you and get your you know that handled um, a lot of them aren't doing business with darkside because of their iranian server hosting because it violates us sanctions against iran so here's a trick bag now that the government And this pipeline is in is if they pay the ransom, they're violating sanctions, sanctions. right? Right. So, so, I mean,
4: we are actually in a place where there is a third party payment processor for ransomware ransom. Sure. Well,
6: and, and we're discussing this like we're discussing this like it's a. Um, I mean, we know you, everyone on this show and probably everyone listening and everyone who gives it any thought knows that these ransomware companies exist and and many of them do work with state actors all over the world for, you know, whether it's pen testing um, or whether it's probing weaknesses in in other nations to small degrees and when i say probing for weaknesses in other nations that doesn't necessarily mean something uh, along the lines of of say like like what just happened with uh, capital pipelines like it's it's not just infrastructure probing you break you know you break the largest banks i mean everybody's seen fight club right you destroy the the Credit card companies, you halt the ATM networks. You uh, you slow down ACH transfers. Um, you get involved in in you know routing logistics routing for food supplies or for even you know something is that seems as un. That, that wouldn't be as impactful like, uh, you know, shipment of electronics from abroad to the U.S., and you start to alter the course of economics in this country.
4: Well, yeah, and, there, and then there's just the cause and chaos, which is what Iran did last year when they were going after all the little websites. It's like they could pull a big crew of people who didn't know that much and hack Do you remember how many it was? It was hundreds. Yeah, they they they
5: defaced a few dozen uh, government websites, and it was just script. All together, it was
4: hundreds. Yeah, all together, all the sites that they hacked was hundreds, and people were scared, and everyone was talking about it because there was lots of publicity around it. But in the end, there weren't credit card uh, accounts accessed or money stolen, or you know any huge data breaches or anything like that. It was just a chaos operation where they just hacked into faced websites until everybody was scared that they were going to get hacked by the Iranians. And I, that, I mean, that's a beautiful operation from one perspective. I can, I can look at it and say, that's art. That's beautiful. But from another perspective, I'm like, that is like the most, pernicious evil thing you could possibly do that kind of psychological operation so i you know i i kind of struggle with where i am i i hate it i absolutely hate it but on one hand it was kind of beautiful
5: well my question is why isn't this shit air-gapped I mean, really. I mean, this is infrastructure. We talked about it on an early show. If you want to bring to America so, to its knees,
4: well, now, okay, shut, so those, shut,
5: now, shut down UPS's logistics.
4: Air gap vulnerba- v- vulnerabilities are huge, and they've been kind of like in the wild at least since Vault Seven, if not before. I, you know, I'm, I'm not that kind of red teamer to keep up with like what all the tools are, but air gap like vulnerabilities have been around for a while, so it's not a guarantee. Which is, you know, the, the thing that I'm always saying, and the one thing that I know, I know so little, but the one thing that I do know is nothing is a guarantee. You know, no firewall, no defensive system, no monitoring system, no alert system, no hardening, no nothing. Nothing is a guarantee. Um, So, I mean, you know, but I mean, yeah, you're right. That's the kind of thing that, those are the kind of stop gaps you put in place, but somebody can get around them. And this was ransomware, so they dropped it. Somebody clicked the link and they dropped it, or you know, they infected a website that somebody went to, or they sent it yeah. an email. Or they I mean, how it. they how they
6: managed to get this information and lock things up is really irrelevant. The fact that uh-huh. the U.S. government hasn't said hasn't declared the um, domestic terrorists.
4: Right. Yeah, the response to it—you cannot—is
6: bizarre. That. Like it is bizarre. Absolutely.
4: Literally, probably
6: the the thing that should require the most government resources in protecting, which would be our our power grid, um, is is like kind of this blase response but it, by the government. You know, is unbelievable, and, and to me, like really surreal.
5: It's Cybersome. like the one
6: thing that they're supposed to do, they
5: just yeah, whatever. Yeah, we,
6: whatever.
4: <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. There's, yeah, there's yeah. Well, the, we, we, we don't
5: want to interfere with private business.
6: Yeah, well everybody knows they work with dark side, right. They're sure. pen testing. They're pen testing all over the world and probably working with these same ransomware designers.
5: Sure. Yeah, and that's you know, and that's as you should, but on the other hand, you should be testing internally, too. You know, it's like if you're going to be pen testing out, pen test in, too. Find your vulnerabilities, so that way you don't end up looking like a fool like we are right now when the whole Eastern Seaboard pipeline being shut down.
4: Yeah, but but let's call us what it is. It's not pen testing. It's recon. Sure. Well, <laughs> I I mean, and and it, it should be recon. I mean, it's like, I'm going to... Yeah, it should be recon, and it is recon. Because I mean, you can pen test another country's infrastructure all you want to, but what you're doing is probing for where you're going to hit it if you need to hit it. So it's recon. Anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, Let's talk about some. Yeah, I mean
6: exposing and and uh, yeah, I mean that's the purpose of pen testing: exposing vulnerabilities and executing. um,
4: Yeah, it's just like anything to exploit
6: them, executing
4: exploits. Right. Exactly just like finding an airport on you know or where the airplanes are on the radar i mean it's it's the same thing it's the same i mean i don't know if y'all
5: saw that documentary sneakers but they covered this all
4: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes yep i've seen that documentary (laughs) Uh, actually is that like another one of those is that another hacker show
5: it's one of the first ones it was uh it had uh robert redford uh joaquin phoenix dan Aykroyd, um sydney poitier it's great movie it was even, like, back before that shit hackers one.
4: They're all oh. bad. Uh, ben
6: Kinzo was in it, too. Yeah. So now we're going to critique um, hacker movies. Yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, we could, right? But they all they all suck. Mr. Robot was okay for a minute. So, um, anyway. I can't believe you haven't
5: seen sneakers. Go see sneakers.
4: Okay. okay. I see sneakers. Anyway, <laughs> crypto. Really want to know what made blow up oh that's simple three little letters nft ah, i mean
6: yeah. most nfts are built on on uh, the ethereum blockchain ethereum network most of the transactions involving nsts happen on ethereum require ethereum gas as nfts blow up as they have continued to blow up even since the last time i was on here um that gets more exposure to the Ethereum network, the tools behind the NFT platforms uh, and the NFT payment systems, and voila. No, you know, I mean, it's just this incredible marketing tool for uh, Ethereum.
5: Yeah, and, and it drags, you know, some of, some of the other shit coins along with it, like Ethereum Classic. Um <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry yeah I know. but i mean it, you know it, it does they, they move tightly together and uh yeah i finally you know, segue you know just taking a step back for a second i finally got to witness what you've been talking about with coinbase this weekend when i was waiting for uh, techno king yeah. to say something stupid on snl that would pump some weird uh crypto up over the top um gemini exchange was three minutes ahead of coinbase in their uh, pricing, and I was checking it against CoinDesk. So for real-time pricing, don't use Coinbase.
6: Never look I, like I know. I say this every time. Don't use Coinbase. There's no reason to use Coinbase. Yes. Literally no reason to use Coinbase anymore. There might have been uh, a reason two years ago. You know, definitely might have been a reason five years ago. There is no longer a reason to use Coinbase, and and so I, you know, taking into consideration your audience, um, at least what I've seen of them, you know, the reality is, is if you're going to venture into crypto, venture into crypto, right, right, like you cannot get your KYC back ever. Once you do KYC on a crypto platform, you have just informed every agency in the, you know, from intelligence to IRS that you are a participant in the crypto space, right? Sure. Don't use Coinbase. It's no longer necessary. It's not like this is, we have, um, you know, ask Jeeves and that's it anymore, right? Um... We live in an entirely new world of crypto, and just because Coinbase and and other who hour main nameless spend an awful lot of money shoving themselves into your Twitter and YouTube feed doesn't mean that's the right option for using crypto, and not just you know for for trying to maintain control of your money, which was the entire purpose of crypto to begin with. Um, but because you are literally putting someone between you and your money as you just experienced. So if you wanted to get into something like, you know, the Shibu or you wanted to take advantage of shorting Doge, um, you're never going to be able to do that on Coinbase because no matter how much money they have, they can't control the entire network, right? When... I think, you know, this is something I actually have been meaning to discuss on this show. I I do a lot of support and answering general questions about crypto. And one of the things that happens when we have big run-ups on assets, any asset, from Doge to E to Bitcoin, is people wondering why it costs so much and why it takes so long. Right? Sure. Well, the networks get bogged down with demand. And that it, it has to be more lucrative for uh, somebody to pick up and, and process confirm your transaction so you're in a bidding war to get your transactions through first so if you're trying to trade if let's say if you're you're one of those people who fancy themselves a crypto trader you're not um, why would you do it on an, on a platform that literally just decides, Rather than deal with customer service issues, they're just going to cut off access to that particular asset, which is what Coinbase does. They can't handle the volume. They're not going to deal with the complaints. So they just make it almost impossible for you to get a hold of that asset. They just can't scale um, or won't scale to handle that. So the, the reasons to not use centralized exchange and trading platforms continues to mount, and I will continue to take every opportunity to remind you why you shouldn't be using Coinbase ever for any reason whatsoever.
5: Okay. So <laughs> no, okay, no, so yeah, wait, no, let me follow we, up. We have me... talked about it on air and off air. I, I do uh, I, I know why more, people... more I'm I'm not I mean, but on the other hand, it is a good on ramp and you know, it's like we've talked about it is um well, it makes it so damn easy between connecting your bank to your mining to your you know right.
6: But but that's so but it's ask Jeeves. It's the ask Jeeves of, of crypto. I mean right. there is so much competition out there now and um So let's you know, follow I'm, not, well,
4: but let's I'm follow. old.
6: Let's, right like I'm old i I won't lie, I'm old, but that's like saying you know you still run your own Outlook server to process email like it's wholly unnecessary because there are all of these better options out there now
4: okay well, but okay, so let's bridge to a solution for people right so we can tell them why they shouldn't a thousand times but unless we tell them how to get off of it right and personally, I'm interested in this because. Uh, Coinbase, there was not a lot of options um, when I started using it, which was years and years ago. I would love to get off onto a different platform, but to talk about how would I do that? Right. I mean, like you said, I KYC, sure. so I can't un-KYC.
6: Well, yeah. And so, so a lot of this depends on what you're doing. I mean, you know, I can talk till I'm blue in the face about how if you're trying to ride a wave, you have no idea what you're doing, and it's pure dumb luck that you don't lose the shirt off your back. But that is the reality of trading crypto for the average person. You are not trading for the most part six seven figures. Right. You are not a priority. You cannot afford the fees to make sure that your transactions go through first. Right, that you get the best deal. If you're really lucky, you get in on an asset, you hang on for a while, you ride it out, you make a decent profit, you get out. That's what the average person is doing. They're not trading minute by minute. And so, right now, you literally have hundreds of options to execute that kind of a thing, which is why DeFi has gotten so big. Um, You know, DeFi allows allows you you to place market orders, instant orders. Um, You know, buy, sell, stop orders without having to be a participant that's really paying, bribing the miners to process your transactions faster or a platform to move your money before everybody else's. You know, very, very similarly to the standard investment of, of, you know, institutional finance, money is how you win the game the average person listening to this podcast who follows me on Twitter and is into crypto cannot afford to play that game. You're, you can't move that fast.
4: Well, let's talk and in terms that they can't afford. When you're on, let's, let's talk in terms that we, they can't afford. So, right. And, and here's, so, for, for instance, so what I did was a, a long time ago, I started invested, started investing a little bit, um, in different coins. And I've continued that, but most of the time, Unless the market is moving, I don't pay any attention to it. Most of the time, I don't even look at it. I think that's what a lot of people are doing. Even when I look at it, I'm not moving money around. I'm not trying to sell stuff up, off. When something does okay. what ETC did, and I'll be like, yeah, I'm going to scrape some of that off and put it like in if dollar like coin me, or something. If,
6: if, if Coinbase doesn't shut down when you're in the middle of trying to sell it,
4: so, But but so yeah. that's why we're here, though. That's why we're having this conversation. We're trying to get people yeah. off of Coinbase. So people like so, that, where would they go and how would they move their wallets from Coinbase to a solution?
6: So a couple of options here. One, if, if people are like you and they want the ability to buy and sell or buy on occasion or whatever, and they're not... They don't really care about putting in limit orders or market orders or instant orders. You can use literally any crypto wallet on the market. I personally use Edge Wallet. They have built-in exchanges. They have access, like built-in accounts that you can go to Bitcoin, ATMs if that's what you want to do. Um, they have ways for you to buy, sell, swap, uh, There's even some DeFi tokens in there so that you can earn a little extra on DeFi. Uh, Edge even has ways that you can buy gift cards, all from your Edge wallet. You never need another account. Some of their exchange options require KYC to participate. Some of them don't. But you are deciding at that point. You have nine different options for exchange partners inside of a single wallet that supports dozens of cryptos. Like they support every ERC-20 token. They support the top 10 market movers by market cap. And that is more than the average person needs. And while I am an edge devotee when it comes to wallets with the ability to do all of the things you've been talking about, a lot of wallets offer that, that type of functionality these days. So it used to be, back in the day, You needed an exchange account, and most exchanges had a wallet, and people left their money sitting in their wallet on an exchange account. That is a custodial solution. What you're looking at is a balance. You're not looking at your crypto. You're looking at a balance on a screen, which means if if that exchange shuts down, has technical issues, whatever, you don't have access to that money anymore. The end, you get to hope that they come back up, right? Right. A solution like Edge, and, and again, I will reiterate I am Edge loyal, but there are other solutions out there if you find that you something about it you don't like. A solution like Edge, when you look in your wallet, you're not looking at a number in a, in a pool. You're looking at your crypto, right? You have access to the private keys and all of that. So in any wallet anywhere, if they don't give you the private keys, the only way for you to move your money move that wallet is to literally pay the fee to send it to another wallet, which triggers a transaction which alert the IRS that now you owe capital gains tax because the IRS is very, very seriously trying to tax those transactions where you move it to a privately hosted non-custodial wallet. So just start there to begin with. Yeah, right?
5: two of the wallets I use, too, and, you know, we've talked about it. One of the things that annoys me about Edge is that it's entirely mobile. Well, it's entirely mobile. And well, a I, it's,
6: entirely mobile. It's, a, it's a security issue. Sure, sure, sure. No, but I was just saying, as an example, I
5: also use Coinami, which doesn't have as many features as Edge does, but it, it's a good desktop wallet. And um, um, Ledger Live.
6: Yeah, and so, well, yeah. But you're actually storing, I hope, unless you're participating in a liquidity pool, you're actually storing those coins on your ledger. Yes. And, and just using Ledger Live is just a dashboard. That's all it Correct. is. It's just yeah, a exactly. Yeah. So Another, with the yeah. ledger, which is cold storage, your crypto is actually sitting on a piece of hardware. You access that that via the, the live app, but even when you don't have the live app, that that Crypto is sitting on your hardware. And so, um and, and then again for me, it's why are you doing like why are you into crypto, right? Why are you doing it? What's your purpose? What's your reason? And then recognize that there are tools out there that will meet that purpose, your needs. I don't use a desktop wallet because I could lose my laptop. Um, somebody could hack an account, somebody could get a hold of my credentials. That doesn't happen. If the only place you can access my crypto is on a physical device that's in my hand, right? That can't happen. Well, as and long I, as it's in your hand, you can't. Well, even if I lose it, it's you have to have my credentials. Sure, right? You got to have. So, I mean, whatever
5: you use to secure your phone, or the, your what, thumbprint or whatever. Yeah,
6: right. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess you could guess my credentials, hack off my
4: thumb. You know, right. whatever. But it's how do you get it like, like, back? How do you right? get, how do how do you get the crypto back if you lose your hardware wallet? If you lose your hardware wallet,
6: mm-hmm. so most non-custodial solutions, non-custodial meaning you are the ones that are holding it, not somebody else. Almost all crypto wallets, and I say almost all because protocols vary, have a private seed. I don't have to actually send my Bitcoin from my edge wallet to say trust wallet or Coinami. I can import my private key and that same balance appears there. The wallet isn't a part of that software. The display of the wallet is a part of that software. And that's the great thing about crypto and why you should maintain control of it. If I wanted to actually import my bitcoin wallet that shows up for me in edge into something like coinami i just import my private keys and my seed phrase and that exact same balance is now showing up in my coinami wallet
4: okay so i think the answer that i was trying to get to is that you have a key for your crypto and your key is on your hardware wallet and it's in the software that you're using so it's the same key that represents your wallet, and that doesn't change. Well,
6: it can be. It can be. I. I, I mean, right. obviously, yeah, but, so we're you talking can have a hundred Bitcoin wallets. We're, and they're well, all let's different. assume
4: that we're talking about about a situation where it is right. So, because you're talking about the same wallet, it has one key. Um, or
6: yeah. it has
4: it has one I, identifying hash, right? So when yes. you put that wallet with that one hash that identifies it. On a yeah, it will show wallet. up in any
6: piece of software.
4: Right on a, on a hardware wallet, you have that means that you have hardware that represents that crypto, just like you have an account on Coinbase that represents that crypto.
6: No, absolutely not. And that okay. was my whole point. When right. you log into Coinbase and look at your account balance, you are looking at numbers. When I log into my Ledger and look at that balance, I physically that crypto is. Physically on that wallet,
4: okay. And that same crypto can also be physically on your hardware wallet. No,
6: that's what I'm talking about. A ledger is a hardware wallet,
4: but it's represented in different places. Is is what I'm saying. And the way that it can be represented in different no. places is because it has an identifier, a unique. Except that you're not
6: getting your private keys from Coinbase. You can't no, get yeah. them. Well,
4: so, Okay, so I probably should have used a different example for, yeah, uh, for was, an But uh,
6: that's yeah. the whole point of why I'm saying this. The reason you shouldn't use Coinbase is because you don't control yeah, your crypto totally, on Coinbase. But what I'm, you what have I'm, no access to your private keys.
4: What they I'm trying can to do is. Shut down
6: your yeah. access at any
4: moment. So uh, what, I, what I'm trying to do is just make sure, because it was a little bit muddy to me, that people understand that it's the same crypto, but you have a hardware wallet that represents it, even though you have a virtual wallet that represents it as
6: well. No, they're different. They're very different. That's what I'm trying to make clear. Unless I I literally import my private key into my ledger, my wallet on my ledger is a different wallet than my software wallet. I can have more than one Bitcoin wallet. In order for them to be the same... I, I think I know where the confusions come from.
5: Ledger is an actual brand of hardware wallet.
6: Yeah, it is a it, brand. It's not yeah. like
5: you know just an Excel spreadsheet. That's what yeah. I, I think. That's where the uh... yeah,
6: yeah. Oh, maybe we should say Trezor. Yeah, Trezor. Trezor. Yeah, Trezor is another brand of hardware wallet. No, maybe no. Maybe we should say no. no. A, a brand. software wallet is a software wallet. A hardware wallet is a hardware wallet. An exchange wallet is an exchange wallet. They're all very different. Types of ways of having access to your cryptocurrency. Well, a that's hardware what wallet is to. cold storage, like putting money in a safe.
4: That's what I'm trying to get to, right? Yes. So you but have... It's not, it's not the same money
6: that's on my software wallet. No. That is the whole point of putting it on cold storage is that it's not accessible from any other wallet. It's like putting money into a safe.
4: Okay, so and what people want to hear... When you start to talk about stuff like that, what people want to hear is you explain to them what happens to your crypto and your ownership of your crypto if you lose that hardware wallet. If you have
6: done things correctly and written down your private seed.
5: That's the 12 to 24 word phrase that whenever
6: you're setting something up. For the moment, yes. For the moment, yeah. In in most cases, but not all. That's how it works. Sure. You can set up a new hardware wallet and import that balance because that balance is also recorded in your wallet on the blockchain, which is the entire purpose of a blockchain, transparency of all transactions. But I could physically hand that wallet to my kids And they now have literal possession of everything that's on there as well, right? Right. If I want to send money from my hardware, my software wallet, my Edge wallet to my kids, I have to send it to them. Or I have to give them my credentials and give them the seed and make sure they have all of that.
4: Yeah, the barrier that I've heard from everyone is forgetting, you know, forgetting that key, losing that money.
6: Okay, so that's where Edge is very, very different. That's where Edge acts like coinbase you don't need your private seed on edge if i lose my phone and i need to put my edge account on a phone what edge does is that it backs up the encryption encrypted versions of your transactions and your balances right right so if i get a new phone i log into my edge account on my new phone there's a recovery process that you can set up on edge And then there's my balance, right? Uh Uh-huh. If you lose your login on um, Coinbase, you're screwed. With Edge, too, if I never want to use Edge again, but I decide I want to use Coinami or Trust or Green or whatever wallet, or uh, if I never want to use Edge, but I've got my private key then I can import the money that was sitting, quote-unquote, showing up in my Edge account to my Ledger, my Coinami account, or whatever.
4: Okay.
6: So the difference being, if, if you cannot get your private keys from Coinbase. Now, you might be able to with Coinbase Plus, I guess. Is that what it's called? Uh, Pro, yeah. And, Pro. Uh, yeah,
5: Coinbase Pro, it's their... Uh,
6: Enterprise... I'm yeah. a real trader now. I'm
5: a real trader now. Totally different screen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, no I saw code. that on Gemini too. I was like, ugh, why? Just I, keep anyway.
4: Yeah, uh,
5: well, you I know, was, it's like you said. I'm old. One of the reasons why I like about Coinbase is that if I'm not like trying to time a transaction or try to do, you know, at yeah, least it's-, it, it's easy to switch. And then get out. That's one of the things that annoyed me with Gemini. I sent some BTC over to see what, you know, just uh, have a quick to transfer. They don't have a, you know, trade your Bitcoin for Doge option over there. So and you can't well, do it with yeah, Coinbase well, Gemini- either because Coinbase doesn't support Doge. But anyway.
6: Yeah, well, so Coinbase isn't was was built for the masses. That was right. its purpose, right? That's not what Gemini was built for. Yeah. Gemini was built for traders. Right. Traders aren't playing with, you know, swapping back and forth right. small amounts, which was my point earlier that most people don't need to be on any kind of exchange. Yes. Not, you know, they they should have a wallet. Most whatever. wallets do that well, most, now, Yeah, because are. wallets have yeah. that option, and you're not limited to a single exchange or a single pricing model or a, a single... Um, uh, fee model, fee structure. One of the things I really like about Edge is if I say I want to trade Bitcoin for Doge, it searches nine platforms and gives me the best deal, right. price wise, you know, fee wise. Um, but again, this is because people fancy themselves traders. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some Doge and make some some money. Well, you're not. You're gonna get a minimally you're going to get a tiny amount of the amount of Doge being traded, and you're going to hang on to it until your platform decides it's okay for you to trade because you just can't afford to pay to have that transaction confirmed fast enough for you to arbitrage. Most people don't arbitrage. And while
5: we're on the topic of Doge, you wanted to talk about Doge tonight.
6: A little bit, yeah. Mm Yeah. Do it. I have The distinct feeling that you are not a fan of Elon Musk. I love him. You I think see. he's
5: great. The techno king. Um, <laughs> are you kidding? Really? I love him. Yeah. No. No. I I, I like him.
6: Did you watch Saturday Night Live? Did you? Watch I, I I I I tried. I really I, did. I don't.
5: I it's didn't. the other no. the other ninety nine percent of that show just. Hurt so bad. I lasted about five minutes and just went, I'm out. Yeah, I
6: I saw a couple of skits that were posted to Twitter. Obviously, I saw the opening monologue. I saw the Chad, you're a hero skit. Like, whatever. Elon is great. Three
5: incest skits in a row. I just kind of, I'm done.
6: Elon is great. But but I wasn't a fan. So, here's the thing about Doge Doge is a meme currency. There's. There's nothing, it's a fork of Litecoin, and if Doge becomes useful, it's because a group of people decided to make it useful. It's not anything particularly spectacular in the world of crypto development and problem solving. It hasn't had uh, a team of dedicated developers for years. So the only reason people are buying Doge is because somebody talked about it. It. It's trolley. It's Wall Street
5: it's trolley. Bets. it's trolley. It's.
6: I don't think it's trolley. I mean, you know, Wall Street does this all the time, right? It's called market making. Yeah, it's literally called market making. I'm. Me and my friends are gonna uh, support this company. It's what happened with, um, oh, GameStop. Right. My. It's. You know, what's happening with Doge is exactly what's happening with GameStop. The reasons are different. It was a big fu to Wall Street when it happened with GameStop, but now it's just for fun. Also, and though, all, also toy worth a dollar. That's it, that's the
4: game. Yeah, but also, it's not that different than what Wall Street does with currencies in emerging economies. I mean, I, the, so that really, I mean, is it really that different than them saying uh, we're going to buy out all? Um, Well, when the the IMF
6: says it's going to loan an emerging economy a bunch of money so that they can improve infrastructure so they can participate in the market and that drives the value of that native currency up, no, that's market making.
4: Exactly.
6: Um, I mean, that's pretty much the same thing, but this is a game. And if you're lucky, you make a little bit of money, right? If you're lucky, you ride the wave of the game and make a little bit of money. So Doge investors, and I use that term very loosely, by which I mean (laughs) average person who, you know, put a couple hundred to a couple thousand into Doge, kind of got screwed in the last two days because somebody decided they wanted to play a game. So Doge didn't drop because Elon Musk was on Saturday Night Live. Or because Elon Musk tweeted, be careful about what you invest in. Or because Elon Musk said in an interview, yeah, it's kind of a game, right? No, it's because somebody else is playing the game better. I said, whoever just, yeah, Doge is the pet rock of crypto. I've used that comparison lots and lots and lots. And that's what it is. It is sound technology, don't get me wrong, but nobody's using it because there's better solutions out there. But Shiba... I'm sure you may or may not have heard of Shiba, Shiba, the the new Shiba Shiba Inu coin. Yeah, yeah, it's a Doge killer, and that's literally why it's suddenly gone up. You know, whatever it's gone up in the last two days, it's somebody else is now playing another game, which is why I caution people. To, you know, you're not. Oh, I'm going to go get some Doge and make some money. Well, first off, if your platform lets you, you're going to get some Doge. Uh-huh. If right. <laughs> you yeah. can afford the fees and your transaction doesn't get dropped, you're going to get some doge. Right. And then if you think you're going to sell it before something happens, like Elon says something or a whale decides to dump or somebody else decides to play the game, you're rolling. I mean, you're literally rolling dice Yeah. now. All of that being said, it doesn't mean it's not fun. If you can afford to blow $1,000 and play some game and maybe you make a couple hundred bucks, more power to you. But if your expectation is, is that using something like Coinbase is going to let you play that game, you're it's not. Now, it's going to let you hang on for a week, a month, six months, six years and make money. So,
4: yeah, Coinbase doesn't do Doge. They won't do Doge.
6: Yeah, but any coin. Any coin that they support. If all of a sudden Link Warriors or Link Marines are out there pumping Link, the same thing happens.
4: Right.
5: Yeah, the, w- the way I the way I explained uh, Doge to someone who's like, okay, so you're in a casino and you're always betting on Black 13. Yeah, there's a good chance that Black 13 can come up, but let's be honest, the real reason why you're doing it is because it's metal as fuck.
6: Right, that's right. Yes. You, you saw some memes, and believe me, you saw memes months and months and months after the pump started. Right. right. Still I mean, going, you know, 100 yeah. to the moon. Well, no, it's not, not anymore, because Shiba's kicked it kicking its butt right now. It's dropped like, you know, 35% in the last sure. two days.
5: And by, and by so still have memes prior to this week, yeah. but yeah.
6: Yeah, because the people who got into it are now pumping Sheba. They moved the whales have moved their money, and they're waiting for you to follow. And then they'll dump, and you'll make another 20 percent, and they'll have made eight yeah. hundred and fifty percent. Yeah, and
4: I, I've never treat, I've never treated it that way. So I don't, and I don't really wrap my head around it so much. Right, if something goes way, way up. Well, yeah, I'm going to move a bunch of it to a dollar coin and just. Walk away again. Um, so, you know, I don't... Yeah, I mean, look, it's a fun I think a game. Lot of people, it is a
6: very fun game. And if you can yeah. afford to play it, more power to you. No, but I'm well, just trying just, to point out that, that a place like Coinbase is not where you play it.
4: Well, yeah, I, I, I don't know that... I, my only point is that I wonder how, like, what percentage of people right now that are investing in it in some way are doing it that way i don't know do you know oh i don't Don't know about the percentage
6: but all you got to do is search coinbase on twitter when there's a massive move or you know search for the coin that's moving obviously if it's one they're supporting or if they don't you can see all the people complaining about why they don't support it and those are the people that you are like god please get your money out of crypto because you're going to get wrecked Like, why are you trying to arbitrage, make a little, you know, make a move on on something that is notorious for going down when the market moves fast? So, anyway, my whole point is I I hate Coinbase. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I hate Coinbase. Coinbase is literally the Ask Jeeves of the crypto on-ramp space.
5: I I, I don't hate it, but I'll tell you something. I don't hold it in the regard that I had once had, and I, I, I like it as a... It's just easy to get all of my stuff into one place and then move it out from there. My Roundly X, my fucking yeah, tax, my fucking
6: the IRS cat. is thrilled that you have found. Oh, it. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. Yeah, that's and a, yeah, and, and you know and the one thing well, that, well, that breaks my heart because you know, especially for people who are in Bitcoin, like. My 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 question and I believe me, I get it. I understand the utility, ease of use is always how adoption happens. Yeah. Um, I understand, believe me. That's why Google is is where it is. That's why sure. Facebook is because they market and they on ramp well. But the the title of the Bitcoin white paper is a peer to peer cash
5: system (laughs) and and i know and i know once i move it out of coinbase that it's still i mean well coinami doesn't track like that but still it's i still have to explain to the irs what happened to that bitcoin that was in there that i moved out yeah so (laughs) yeah and like i said i was i adopting what i did it was just it was that or i think what was uh what was it um I'm drawing a blank on it right now, and it's the very um, yeah, – blockchain.com was – and I was looking at that. I was like, that's just – my brain hurts. I just want something simple. I want my e Well, and, uh, I can tell you
6: right now, if you adopted – well, after Coinbase came out, Edge already existed. It was out in 2014. I don't think – because I <laughs> – being,
5: te- being a technological guy, I just got rid of my Samsung 5 like last year. So there was a lot of apps that just wouldn't run on it. No, oh no,
6: yeah. Edge uh, Edge has been out since 2014.
5: No, I know. I'm just saying my and, my phone. Yeah.
6: yeah. So anyway, I promise this will be the last time I
4: rant and rave against Coinbase. No, you, oh, you just-
5: can rant and rave again. I mean, it's you know what we are here to inform our listeners. I don't care. I hate disappointing.
4: Choice. I hate disappointing you, Michelle. But I don't care if you rant again against it. I lo- I love your passion about it. So that's
6: mine. I'm just like peer-to-peer. Why are you putting I, somebody between yeah. you and your peer?
4: Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. And the reason, I'm that's why lazy. I wanted you to explain, <laughs> okay, how do I get off of this shit? I, I wanted you to explain it to me. We'll, we'll see if I can do it. I'll put it well, on Well, sadly for
6: you, since you can't get your keys and just import your money into another wallet, you have to get another wallet and send it from Coinbase to another wallet.
4: I don't mind that they're making it difficult for me to get off because that you, you know that's the kind of thing that makes me just want to do it more. Or you don't want me to get off of here? Oh, okay. Well, then I'm definitely going to do it. And yeah, I don't care for yeah, no yeah, and, and really
6: this is a crappy time to do it cuz fees are through the roof for Bitcoin for any any ERC token, anything. Yeah. I, I, know. Know. I
5: was actually amazed that when I was when I was going to move over some of the stuff over to Gemini, Bitcoin actually had the cheapest. Yeah,
6: I and mean, that's right. I mean, yeah,
4: I had to wait 30 minutes for the transaction.
6: Yeah. Oh, 30 minutes. You got people waiting days.
4: I am pretty creative about, you know, making stuff that, like that happen. But we'll see, and I will definitely report back um, on how how that went, what I could move and what I couldn't. And then, I, you know, I'll probably end up, leaving some stuff there or might have to leave some stuff there, which, you know, will be fine. I I, I, I have
6: a Sarah wallets that support way more than
4: Coinbase. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not, um, I'm not afraid to do it. And I definitely feel like I understand it more. So let's take a quick break. If you guys want to, and we'll um, talk about something else. Yeah. Oh yeah. Something just as good, but different. We'll be right back. We ever...
7: Again, to lock in today's low mortgage interest rate and get the security of our exclusive Rate Shield approval, call us today at 800 Quicken or go to RocketMortgage.com. For J.D. Power award information, visit J.DPower.com. Rate Shield approval only valid on certain
0: 30-year fixed-rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender, License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Hi, welcome to the Subway ad for the new Sesame Ginger Glazed Chicken Signature Wrap. How would you like it? I'll take a... Sports announcer at home? Yeah, how'd you... We just know. My wife picks up the new Signature Wrap. It's got double the rotisserie-style chicken mixed with a Sesame Ginger glaze. She appears annoyed at me, but she shrugs it off. Those sweet and savory flavors are calling her name. She lifts the wrap and... She takes the bite! Incredible! And now she's closing the door on my... Subway, make it what you want. Limited time only at participating restaurants. Double meat based on average six-inch sub.
4: back
5: i'm not singing you're singing
4: i'm not singing you're singing so we're back with michelle for some more crypto i don't know what we were gonna talk about because we like since it's all about me we covered my topics first
5: (laughs) well one of the things i we touched on it last time michelle was on when i was talking about the bermudan uh government using um, stellar and one of the sidebars of that uh, topic was um, CBDC which is central bank central bank crypto basically
6: you need one of those like sound effects like really disgusting obnoxious vomiting sound effects every time you say CBDC <laughs> Yeah, I know. Okay, I'll work on that.
5: It it is so anti-crypto, but it's one of those things, okay, it's emerging. We kind of have to explain Yeah,
6: you know what? We do, and and it's funny because it's kind of a buzzword, right? Um, In the crypto space, it hasn't super got out there to the general public yet. And one of the reasons I think it hasn't got out there into the general public is because CBDCs are inevitable. They are coming. They are already in the works. Um, Americans have been using a CBDC for two decades, right? Every time you whip out your debit card, you're not physically moving any money. Every time you use your credit card, every time you do an automatic ACH payment, you are not moving any of your money physically, right? Right? Yeah, you're not even writing a check. No, you're literally not moving any money. You're – someone somewhere is moving some ones and zeros around, so your balance changes, your available balance changes. Um, So the definition of central bank digital currency is literally a fiat-backed currency that operates in the same way that um, an encrypted digital currency does without – Necessarily, the blockchain in an open public blockchain. Um, at no time when C, when CDBC when the U.S. dollar is fully converted into a CD a CBDC, um, will you ever have access to a public blockchain ledger? It's never going to happen.
5: No, it's it's a closed ledger, and that's kind of one of the things that's and typical about um cbdc's is that like you said it's not on the blockchain it's not out in the real space it's it'll still have some very a very limited number of gatekeepers on it who will process the transactions
6: like i'm trying to think of a sci-fi movie where people use well i mean credits
5: right demolition man You have been fined three credits for the...
6: Yeah, you're fined three credits. They don't actually show them the flip side of it very well where you're deducting credits. But you've seen movies, I'm sure we all have, where they scan a barcode on you and, you know, some balance is debited or whatever um, or credited. You ever see the movie, um, it's a really, it's like a Justin Timberlake movie. I have teenage girls, do not judge me. It's so judgy. Yeah, it's called In Time. Yeah, so I, I love JT with a mic in his hand and up on stage doing his thing, but as an actor, eh. Um, but anyway, so In Time works very much that way, except for in, instead of money, you earn time to live. Right. right. That's how it works. And and when you buy things, you're spending time. And of course, existing costs time. So how CDBCs will work is exactly how you spend money right now. The only difference is you won't have the option to go to an ATM and get cash.
5: Right, so it's and fun- there's. And this is coming. A lot of people are really like who don't really understand it are bullish about like the the uh, crypto yen, the crypto yen, and because China is going to be one of the first one, first major countries that goes online with it. And you know, this is going to be revolutionary. Well, it really isn't. You know, it's like you said, it's a debit card. Just now, you have even less control over your money because there's no physicality to it. Even though these are supposed to supplement fiat currency not replace it you know china will be the first one to replace it
6: well so china's actually already done it there's a there is a digital yuan um there's a digital yen in japan iran is already working on this we are too i mean what and and it'll be a while before cash is completely phased out one it'll take an act of congress um and it but it will happen it is going to come so Uh, Somebody mentioned the fifth element. Yeah, I mean, very much like that. So the reality is, is in the United States today, almost no one pays with cash. And very, you know, very few businesses prefer it. They would prefer you do a credit payment, even though for the moment it costs them money. Um, But what, what, what the bigger concerning issue about central bank digital currencies is... If I want cash right now, I could go withdraw every penny I have in my bank account and shove it under my mattress, or bury it in the backyard. Once central bank digital currencies are the only accepted currencies in the country, you no longer have that option. You you will fully understand just what central bank what power central banks have. So uh, remember, uh, going back in history, confiscation of gold. Sure. Um, that was done ostensibly so that you just weren't trying to have this payment mechanism that was at the time still kind of familiar and accepted in places and centralized control of the money supply and flow of the money supplies in the central government. But getting rid of cash does that completely, ultimately, and irrevocably. And it is coming. Another scary thing about central bank digital currencies is you and I are talking currencies and we're talking money. But China has already shown you that there's other ways to Mm. impact your central bank digital currency. And that is by employing something like a social credit system. Uh, Very much like Demolition Man. You know, very much like in time. Whereas if you do something that the state doesn't like, and, and maybe ultimately an employer that money can be moved I mean you think it's bad now like well, the IRS can go in and take money out of your bank account uh, you know or or the um, child support office can you know attach your your wages and your assets or whatever when you literally have no way to pull that money out of government control you are completely out of control of your own quality of life wake up one day and a in a CDBC screw up on the bank has wiped your entire system out, or um, Amazon owns one third of the country, and you're late for work, so they debit that out of your your you know your your credit account. Right? You have no control over your own quality of life at that point, and so the answer isn't to fight against CBDCs because they're a done deal. How how quickly remains to be seen, but they are a done deal. You. Everyone listening to this show is already used to living under that system. Um, you think you have some control because right now you can still go to an ATM and get a little bit of cash. But most of you don't. Most of you whip out your credit card or your debit card or you pay online with an ACH or you send PayPal um, or cash app or Zelle or you know uh, Venmo, right? You, but you think you're in control of your money. And for the moment, you have a little bit. If you have cash, you have a lot more. Uh, when cdbc's come that ends not only your experience won't change you'll still use paypal and venmo and zelle and cash app and all of that but you will be and it'll still look like you're sending us dollars but you will not be able to go down to an atm and say i should have a little mad money or emergency money tucked away in the house just in case That, that that day ends it's over. And then, income social credit system. Incomes, um, something along the lines of a an allocation for a food budget every month. You'll only be able to buy so many groceries. Can't buy liquor with that. You've overextended your liquor credit. Yeah. You got yeah. your bottles of bourbon for the month. You won't get any more. And of course, this creates black markets. And what do we think the black market is going to operate on? I mean, you can only trade so many chickens for bourbon. You don't keep chickens. <laughs> almost, you know, almost nobody listening to the show keeps chickens to trade for bourbon or anything else. Yeah. So, what do you think is going to work? Right, most. Most – and I'm sticking with Americans here because as advanced as we are, we're also kind of very um, – you know that chicken where you – anybody's ever kept chickens, you know how you get a chicken to go to sleep? You tuck its head under its wing? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's where most Americans live with their head tucked under their wing. Yeah. They're comfy and they're warm and they're cozy, and then they wake up with their head on a chopping block. And that's what CDBC's is it's a chopping block that removes your autonomy and financial autonomy and independence. Crypto is the opposite of a CDBC. Most crypto, not all crypto. Um, and where you store that crypto will make a big difference. Uh, Coinbase is already already complying with the IRS. Most gleefully just follow them on Twitter. They're happy to tell you. Um, <laughs> so when the IRS tells Coinbase to shut off your Bitcoin account, Because you've already bought too much bourbon and it's been discovered that you're spending your Bitcoin on black market liquor, Coinbase is going to say, yes, sir. Sure will. Absolutely will do.
5: Because they don't want to get shut down.
6: Right. So there you go. I'm, um, you know, and and do I sound like a nut job? You know what? I still use my debit card. I still use my credit card every day. It's easy. It works. It works. I also take payment in Bitcoin, and I keep it in a non-custodial solution. So, you know, it's the equivalent to shoving cash under your mattress. When CDBCs happen, your cash will be worthless. It'll be illegal for someone to accept it, so it won't do you any good.
5: And this is what I was talking about a while ago. I said, if you spent this pandemic not coming up with a barterable
6: skill, you wasted your time. Yeah, or making good friends with somebody who's got a still or a chicken bar or <laughs> right. an apple so. orchard or, or, or something like that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. i mean, a
5: little doom and gloom, but, I mean, it's, you got to know what – I mean, if, when I you see it out there, th- you're like, oh, God, that's, that's going to be great because you know I can get my taxes down to the eighth decimal place because you know with a CDBC, you're not limited to just hundreds of uh, – you can oh,
6: go down no, to the Satoshi. To the In order to be adopted and functional within the the disgustingly integrated uh, financial tracking system we have, a uh, CDBC will still will be limited to two decimal places. You see, it becomes less valuable to the government the more the more uh, divisible it is. Which is another great difference between what will. What happen with a CBDC, CBDC and crypto. I mean, Bitcoin's divisible to lots and lots of decimal places, meaning that I can get a lot more bang for my buck. But it becomes less valuable to a government if you are able to make that more divisible and more fungible. So. And I don't think it's doom and gloom. I mean, inevitable Inevitable is inevitable. Ignoring what's inevitable and not planning for it, that's doom and gloom. Waking up sure. one day and realizing you might as well use your the, the dollar shut in your mattress is is fire you know framing it on the wall as a piece of art um using it as toilet that's nostalgic remember those oh yeah i've got um somewhere i've got um stamps you know um uh, legal tender stamps and legal tender notes
5: yeah Yeah, Um, i've still got a couple silver certificate uh notes you know. Yeah,
6: and so that's doom and gloom. Waking up one day to realize you, you don't have a solution for that, you didn't have a plan for that, that's doom and gloom, you're screwed. But knowing that it's coming, planning for it, that's not doom and gloom, that's being more prepared than 99.9% of the population. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm certainly not advocating that um, go sell, all. go turn all of your US dollars into Bitcoin right now, Uh, convince everyone you do business with to accept Bitcoin. I'm not saying that because no one is going to to do that right now. Get everybody on square, damn it. No. No, not square. No, no. I know. know. No, no. (laughs) Also custodial. Right. Uh, No. So what I'm saying is in the same way those of us who went through this pandemic might buy an extra couple packages of toilet paper every couple of months, um, you know, Pick up a little bit of crypto. Pick up a little bit of Bitcoin. You don't need a lot. It's not expensive. You can buy twenty bucks worth of Bitcoin and just let it sit there.
5: And yeah. if you think if you think you've missed the boat on crypto, that it's all no, too high, it's too expensive, you haven't. You really you're haven't.
6: Early. You're very. We're still very early in the adoption curve of crypto, and and even Bitcoin, which has been around you know twelve years now. So. Uh, you know, not everybody is ready to dive right into to being a crypto adopter. Some people are ready to jump in and be a little bit of a crypto investor. I tell everybody, look, you have a retirement plan or a savings plan. Put 1% into Bitcoin. 1%. Yeah,
5: yeah so we talked about it. What got me in I was listening to Glenn Beck one day, and you know, he was talking about take the money that you would spend on going out to dinner once a week. You know, take that money for and once a month, just buy some crypto with it. It doesn't, yeah. you know, sure. and just you know, you can do worse. I, it's like yeah. I, I've I mean, I've, just, I've, I've spent more money on a bar tab than I spent on crypto on a monthly basis in the past. So,
6: well, you know, look the the phrase is get off zero, and that's kind of what I tell all of my no, my no coiner friends. I'm like, you're not no coiners, you're future coiners, right. and all you have to do is get off zero. Everyone is a future coiner, whether it's a cryptocurrency or a central bank digital digital currency, you're all future coiner. That is inevitable. (laughs) Like, you have no choice about that. It's just going to be how diversified is your little bag of of coins going to be. And, um, you know, I don't think it's salacious and dangerous advice to say just get off zero. Whatever that looks like, get off zero. Yeah, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that you're still early to crypto, and it's the experience has gotten so much easier. Uh, and you
5: know, and you don't have to watch it every day, but it's still fun. You know, it, it's you know, no matter what your goal is, whether like so whether you're investing or whether you're just putting a little bit away for retirement, or you're just hedging your bets against you know collapse, it, it's still kind of fun to like <laughs> look at it go.
6: Yeah, you've got to, but you got to be able to control that FOMO, like the whole dance thing, right? This is so. This is my strategy. I don't own a bunch of shit coins. I just don't. I I think I've said before. I invest in things because I'm I'm a solutions maximalist, and if I think a project is presenting a good solution that's going to stick around or morph, I I might invest in some way or another, whether it's, you know, getting a, a, a little bit of a pre-token or picking up a little bit on the market or whatever. Um, but I always set a goal. So I had Doge. It was, I, I got it years ago, years ago, at, you know, and, uh, I totally just looked at it for years sitting in my wallet and thought I'm never going to do anything with this. And when Doge price started to rise and I'm not embarrassed to say this at all, Um, you know, I'm sitting there looking at Doge and I'm like, you know, Doge just hit a penny. Wow. That's crazy. Doge just hit two. Wow. You know, and then I was like, I was like, you know what? I don't want to sit here and watch Doge. This is not my retirement plan. Um, I don't have enough that's going to make me rich no matter how long I sit here on it. Um, you know, it would have to go to, you know, a lot of money for me to get rich off of the amount of Doge I had. So I set a number. I'm like, okay, here's my profit margin that I want to make. It looks like it's within reach. And when I hit it, I sold. Um, I don't regret that at all. I don't look at the gains after that I might have lost, right? But Bitcoin is very different from me. I don't sell Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a part of my retirement plan, it's a part of my my entire you know, basket of, of investments for, for my future. So I don't look at the bull bear thing happening on Bitcoin, but absolutely it's fun to watch the price go up and down. So even if you're just getting off zero and you buy 100 shitcoins, set yourself a, a reason for each of them and a goal for all of them.
5: And, you know, it, we would be remiss to point out, too, is that some of those shitcoins, while well, they inexpensive, they also do give a good APY. You know, so it's like if that's your goal, you know, like like you said, manage your expectations. But you know, if you're gonna touch into it, if you want something that feels real and familiar, you look for those.
6: Yeah, there's you know, we, I think we spent some time on DeFi before, um, and yeah. the options that are available with DeFi and and DeFi for me comes with great, great caveats. There's no in, there's no insurance. It's coming. There is insurance coming. By the way, for crypto investments um, of some kinds, but there are FDIC
5: of for crypto that isn't an FDIC. That's also
6: awesome. yeah. There there are there are absolutely a products coming out that will ensure certain types of, of investments in crypto, um, lending in particular. If you're making a market, you're providing liquidity. Um, You know, not only are you going to be able to get a reasonable APY if you're a liquidity provider and a market maker, but you might be able to, to protect yourself for a very small premium against, you know, catastrophic loss. Those things are absolutely coming because the crypto market is now big enough. Um, and the services offered are now familiar enough that a lot of people are interested. I don't know if most people are aware, but if you happen to have gotten off zero and you happen to have, say, a bitcoin or two, if you were lucky enough to get there, you know, you cannot sell your Bitcoin and you can leverage your Bitcoin for a loan. It's collateral, right? You get a, a you know, a seventy, you know, ratio of seventy percent to whatever loan. And, uh, you know, not only are you getting a loan, and usually they're relatively reasonable rates right now, but you're also providing liquidity for great liquidity pools and making markets for other places. It's great. Which, which you know, kind of brings me to a topic I think we should reserve for another show is, um, like, let's, like, full-on discussion of What a market maker and liquidity pool do. Yeah, let's do that. I like that. Like, most people are already familiar with it. They already do it, especially if you know how a credit union works. Right. Um, But it's so fascinating in the crypto space. I mean, it's super fascinating in the crypto space to watch – all of these traditional financial tools being improved upon. And a lot of people will say, well, they're not being improved upon, right? Like, because it costs so much to do this and it costs so much to do that. But those are the same people who never paid six points on a mortgage <laughs> or don't know what I, what I just said, <laughs> right? right. Well, I, a, I bought a house for $250,000 and it only cost me like, you know, $6,000 really. Well, I loaned my Bitcoin to a liquidity pool, borrowed against it, and not only did it not cost me anything, but I made $10,000, right? That's an improvement. That's –
5: yeah. No, that's definitely – especially over the standard model. Not
6: leverage – sorry, I'm addressing your chat. Not leverage crypto buying. Uh Uh-uh. Lending. Leverage crypto buying is – You know, putting up one crypto to spend money on shit coins, that's idiocy, or using your credit card. I'm talking about leveraging your crypto for interest while you're loaning it to a liquidity pool, very much like a credit union model. You make a deposit into a credit union, they actually are lending out your money, which is why credit unions in the past used to be able to pay slightly higher interest rates on locked up savings accounts and and require minimums that were higher.
5: Yeah, and that's kind of one of the bases we touched on it briefly, but it's also something, you know, when we're talking about that, which is the whole
6: compound network. Yeah, so Compound ABE, very soon another project that I'm working with. There's lots and lots of those. um, There's another project called Sovereign. Um, lots and lots of great DeFi platforms offering multiples of projects. Now, there's been lending um, opportunities out there for years. Salt Lending is, is one of them that's been around for a while. Um, PowerBlock Coin is a company that used to actually lend to uh, mining operations. So you could leverage existing crypto, crypto to invest in uh, mining, growing your mining operations. All kinds of lending opportunities. That's been around for a while, but providing liquidity to a liquidity pool and leveraging that—like that's some, that's some magic, finance magic right there. Now you were talking
5: about a project. Before we go, is there any projects you want to talk about right now? You got your uh, your your thumb into.
6: Yeah, so uh, I, I announced on Twitter a couple of weeks ago that I had taken a, a full-time position with a crypto project. I'm really, really excited about it. Um, I am working with a company uh, that is not new. The parent company has been around for years and years and years in the crypto space and in the traditional finance space, but they've launched a new product called SmartFi, Um And SmartFi is, is, I'm really happy to be a part of this. They are taking all of these different pieces of traditional finance and crypto definance finance and kind of making them into a single platform so very much like those financial services out there that are one stop shops is what smart buy aims to be so you can participate in lending you can participate in um, hold you know hodling you can participate in a centralized exchange environment very much like the ones that are out there already like Gemini or whatever that allows you to set um, you know longs and shorts and markets and instant uh, trades Um, you can also participate in a DEX so a decentralized exchange um, that is also going to be a part of their network so they basically you know kind of participated in the crypto space for many years and decided there's all these amazing things happening in the finance world of crypto but they're so all over the place. Let's put them in one place. So you come on board SmartFi and you decide, do you want to be a market maker? Do you want to play in your own retirement? Do you want to lend and, and get a little liquidity? Um, do you want to borrow against your crypto? Uh, you know, Or do you want to participate in a DEX, a decentralized exchange and not have to worry about any of the custodial stuff? So really excited to be in, involved in a platform that's offering all of these services and a familiar feeling kind of all-in-one financial experience
5: yeah and you know you dropped that on lou and i after the last show and you the your page was still in prototype you know in placeholder mode but even then i really liked the holding your hand through the whole process aspect of it too because that's one of the things we keep talking about with coinbase and the other ones is it's very simplified very you know appeal appeal to the masses where smart from everything I saw on the page will guide you by the
6: hand into all of it too. Well, and yeah. And so I just want to be very, very clear that smart buy is kind of in beta launch right now. So, um, I dropped a, I won't lie, shamelessly dropped a referral link for smart into the chat. Um, so there's going to be a lot of UI UX changes. We are very, very adamant about being clear, crystal clear about how things work, where to get information, um, so a lot – you'll see right now if you happen to go check us out, create an account or whatever, you'll see the language is, is still pretty kind of institutionalized and crypto-familiar mushed together. Um, lucky for all of y'all, my job is to to help walk customers through this and get all of this cleaned up on a step-by-step, page-by-page product by product basis so not only does it hold your hand but it exposes you to information about the space that lets you take your knowledge existing knowledge of institutional finance and show how that applies to crypto so we're going to make it easy and familiar um, and we're going to give you options about what you want to do with your money you could literally just participate in the um and you know never participate in any other financial piece of what's happening on smart buy
5: outstanding holy shit crypto took a dive while we were on the air <laughs>
6: <laughs> this is what happens when you watch it man yeah right, right. And, and, that's, and that's just it i just kind
5: of i would i opened up another browser real quick to put your referral link in it because you know and then i was just like oh hey look at that so yeah um Again, you know, it's like we've said time again, if you are trying to day trade crypto, just put a gun in your mouth.
6: Yeah, look, most of you aren't qualified. Most of the people calling themselves traders aren't qualified. I know this because I'm not qualified, right? I mean, I, I'm not. There's I've been not a enough data. Ever.
4: There's not and, enough data on, on crypto to be qualified. I don't know how anyone no. would be qualified because the data Never is enough. out there.
6: You know, you might you might be able to, to effectively predict over the last couple of years how a crypto that has been introduced to a specific sector of the market might perform after a little hype or some investment news. You might be able to, especially in Bitcoin and Ethereum, now be able to take regular financial news such as the job market or certain earnings sector, sector earnings reports and know that that might affect the crypto markets in a certain way. But there's not enough information for the average person out there to day trade. If you want to have a little fun with the penny stock equivalent of, of crypto, the, the shitcoin penny stocks, go ahead, have a blast, right? It's a great way to learn. But the average person absolutely shouldn't be emptying their bank account to make money on, on crypto. JC, that's a great point. It didn't take a shit. It's just on sale. That's right. Crypto's on sale right now. <laughs> Some serious okay. buy signals happening in the market. Yeah, yeah.
4: It didn't dip that much. Like I wouldn't nah. call it. I wouldn't call it a a flash sale or anything yeah. like that. Nah, I mean, no, I mean
5: for only being on the air for ninety minutes, having a three percent drop in my portfolio.
6: I mean, it, it, uh, you know, uh, it Dollar cost averaging, my friend. Then the price doesn't really matter. That is, you know, and that is
5: one of the things. You know, again, the thing with Coinbase is you can uh, DCI with it and roundly attaches nicely if you don't know what roundly is it it, ta- it rounds it's kind of like acorns with uh stocks it rounds up your purchases and then when you set a point like 45 dollars or whatever then it buys whatever crypto on whatever exchange you tell it to
6: yeah and i you know i remember we've talked about this um I, i'm in a little bit of a different situation i get paid in crypto uh a good chunk of of what I get paid. I get paid in crypto. And so dollar cost averaging for me really means paycheck averaging. Um, so I, I don't dislike the idea of roundly. My concern again is that I, I really have issues with, I got into crypto a lot for ideological reasons and, um, places that are jumping out there with compliance and things like that. Um, which means if you're attaching a debit card or credit card or bank account, they are complying. They have to comply with KYC, sure. ML. Um, so I have personal issues with that. But in in terms of is that a great way to get into crypto? Sure, I'm a huge fan of Lolly and Fold, man. Like yeah,
5: I've I've been using Lolly too because um, being in California. Uh, the whole Albertsons, Vons, Safeway, Pavilions chain is on Lolly. So every time I buy my groceries online, oh, I get penny, or I get one percent in crypto.
6: I'm so jealous, right? Like I wish my groceries were on crypto. I'd be I'd be flying high. But Fold, I can do that with Fold, right? So yeah. uh, So I I kind of between purse Fold and Lolly. I've altered my shopping habits, not to use those services specifically, but always check those services first.
5: Sure. Um, which yeah, you put you put Luster on there too, and it'll also find the best price or the best option for you. And yeah, so and these are all browser extensions,
6: They're right? Well, from, except for Fold. Fold is not. Except a for browser. Fold, no. But uh, you know, these are all ways that you can do what you already do every day and get crypto without actually having to spend any extra money. So that's really nice. Yeah. You can get off zero without spending a penny. It's like all those people that used to do extreme couponing,
4: right? Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no, <juice> <laughs> no. It's nothing like that. It's nothing. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say. All right. So we we wrapping? I think we're rapping. Okay. I think we're rapping. All right. Well, this was brought to you by EMF, and all of it anyway so (laughs) 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 yeah where are you gonna be this week ordy
5: uh actually i heard tell rumor that rick may be back so i'll probably be back on robinson and Horty on wednesday if not then you can always find me on minds me we and twitter and then i'll be back around on monday with you and sam on uh foobar michelle where people finding you nowadays
6: if you're really lucky, you can catch me here and there on Twitter at Gold's Girl. I'm super, super busy with the whole smart fight thing, um, but occasionally I make it on there. Uh, other than that, occasionally I make it on lines, and if you happen to be in the Miami area and swing in by a certain crypto conference in a couple of weeks, you can catch me there. Excellent. Very cool. Lou, how about you?
4: Oh, well, you know, I'm producing... Aggie and What's-His-Face, tomorrow at 9, that, that would so be... So, Aggie's going to be Snigger. there. Yeah, <laughs> Aggie's, gonna, Aggie's not going to be there yet, but I decided I'd show up anyway because we thought that's what she would want. And the red wine at 9 on Wednesday. So, 9 Tuesday, 9 Wednesday, back here Monday at 10 with you. And thanks, guys, for tuning in to the Monthly Crypto Show with Michelle. We will um, be back next Monday. Have a great week. And don't click the links.
5: Links are spoofy.
4: Hell Hydra. <laughs>
7: Plus.